Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Thursday. I'm going to date it because uh, we're right in the middle of a big crisis. So we don't normally date the, the shows, but I want you to know that today is Thursday, uh, March 26th. And we're in the midst, uh, we're on day number one here in Colorado of the statewide stay-at-home ban or order, probably is a better word for it. And and I know that you guys listening around the country have different orders and different restrictions and different challenges that the coronavirus has brought, including pain, the loss of life, sick loved ones, fear, anxiety, concern, loss of income, loss of a job, and the list goes on and on. And so we just want to affirm the difficulty that you're going through right now. And even I don't see you, I don't see your face, I, I do know that God knows you and that he loves you and that he's with you through the crisis. And we will... We will continue to serve you here at Calvary. We'll continue to serve you here at Grace FM. We're committed uh, to, uh, and our staff is committed to do everything that we can, trusting God for our protection, trusting God for our health, while at the same time honoring the orders to the best of our ability, honoring the orders to the best of our, um, you know, our commitment to God and our commitment to our community. Um, And... And that's where we're at. We're looking forward. We started, uh, launched last night, um, very primitive way, but launched last night in a very powerful way, our Wednesday night service again, where we studied the Bible, we worshiped, we prayed together, and we take we took communion. And so if you're a part of Calvary uh, here, you know, we've always used technology uh, in our church so we've always had online services, every service. We, we've had our services live on the radio uh, f- uh, for as long as we've had Grace FM and then many years on another station in town, KRKS, here. Uh, we used to broadcast our second service uh, on live, you know, from our sanctuary. So we, we love technology. Uh, we, we love... Now, how could you say that without uh, thinking of Napoleon Dynamite? But... but <laughs> So uh, we we appreciate technology and we use it to its fullest. And the team of men and women that God has assembled here just um, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm a I'm in I want to say I'm in awe, but that's kind of like not like God. But I'm a, I'm very appreciative of their flexibility, of their wisdom, their knowledge, their diligence, their hard work, uh, just getting stuff done. Even like last night, we tried some new technology, and it didn't work as quite as well as we thought it would, but we found some things, and we're testing things out because we wanted we wanted to be better and better. And At any rate, that's where we're at. Services this weekend, we have communion, so you, we have 
we're having communion together this week and this weekend, Saturday night, live, Sunday morning live, uh, right from the sanctuary here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Of course, you can join us anywhere around the country, around the world, calvaryco.church. We actually have a dedicated uh, website for our live service, calvaryco.live. And the best way to stay in touch with us is just download our app, turn on notifications. We will not slam you with notifications, two, maybe three a day. Um, One's an encouragement and the other might be some information, but we're trying to be very selective. We don't want to over-communicate to the point where you have communication fatigue, but we want to communicate in a way so you know what's happening. Uh, So download our app. Just go to your app store, put in the words Ed Taylor, download it. Turn on, make sure notifications. If you have had our app for a while, you've got no notifications, delete it and re-download it. And that'll clear out your cache and everything. And then you can turn on notifications right now. With the, the show's the same, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number for on the air. And we are taking your calls, but via text, 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven, which has become that number, that text number has become a text prayer line twenty four seven. So it's not just used during the show now; uh, it's used twenty four seven as a tool from Calvary Church and Grace FM to field your to field your prayer request. But please only use it for texting. We're not taking phone calls or voicemails; only texting seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven and. 303-690-3000 is the number to get on the air right now with me. Um, and one more thing. If you go out for your essential shopping, get some elements for communion. Get some juice, get some crackers, uh, and be ready to take communion with us. We're going to do it over the live service. Uh, and I'm, we'll be very mindful of everyone uh, joining us live. We always encourage encourage people to take communion with us wherever they are watching, but obviously not being able to gather, we're going to place a great emphasis on it. Uh, and so get the elements. You you can go for essential shopping. So communion is essential. And we had an idea on our staff. One of the brothers said, you know, not everyone wants to buy a huge, big container of grape juice. Uh, they'd rather buy a smaller one. And he said that uh, it would be good for you to drop by your local convenience store which are basically attached to gas stations here in Colorado or a local 7-Eleven, and they have those little bottles of grape juice, just the little ones. And so getting gas is essential, so that's that's permitted. Uh, shopping is permitted, like grocery shopping. So you know we want to limit and honor the stay-at-home order for sure, but if you're out on your essential uh, shopping or you're out because you're an esen- your, your work is essential, um, get the elements. We're going to take communion. 303-690-3000. Straight over to Philly, Philadelphia. Joe, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Um, my You're question welcome. is regarding uh, the distinction with uh, death, Hades, and the Lake of Fire. In Revelation, it okay. says you're going to put death and Hades in the Lake of Fire. I thought the Lake of Fire is Hades. Um, yeah, that's uh, a great question. And I wanted to, wanted to know what, what your thoughts and interpretations were on that. Yeah, it's great. So death uh, is, we understand death. Death is the end of life and the the ability of the end of life, like the, the sense of the wages of sin is death. When death 
uh, and Hades are thrown into the lake of fire when that that that's a that that is a statement of its end. Death will not will be eternal in our new bodies in the presence of the Lord. Um, when it comes to Hades and the lake of fire, here's the biggest distinction: Hades is temporary; the lake of fire is eternal. And you're right; there is some confusion about Hades and the lake of fire because we use this generic word hell to describe everything after death. You know, we either go to heaven or hell. And because of that, we have blurred the distinctions that the Bible clearly makes. Uh, we understand Hades, uh, that temporary holding place. Um, f- for example, you know that there are prisons and there are jails. Jails are temporary holding places. Uh, for example, if you're on trial uh, in a courthouse, they'll put you in jail. If you're convicted of a felony, they'll take you from jail and they'll send you to prison because that's the final destination for a convicted felon. Uh, most, almost always, not, you know, it's not exclusively, but mostly. Um, and so Hades is a temporary holding place uh, until uh, the end of the age where everyone now, Hades, uh, is filled with the unrighteous dead uh, awaiting their final judgment, which is to be thrown into the lake of fire. Um, or Gehenna is another word that refers to the lake of fire. So one's temporary, one is eternal. And is there, uh, I guess, um, the sense of fire and punishment and torment in Hades as well? And then it's just shifting yes. to, to, to no, the, the lake the, of fire the, as well? The source of torment, um, because actually in Luke's gospel, Jesus describes Hades uh, it. Previously, it was in two compartments, Abraham's bosom, and the other side was known as torments. So the torment is not the location, like physically, because we're, you know, we're stuck in time. So in our time continuum, we think in terms of space. We think in terms of location. Uh, but God thinks in terms of relationship. So the torment that that is coming to those who've rejected Jesus Christ, that rejected God rejected his covenant, the torment comes from their separation from God, not necessarily their physical location. It, it comes from their rejection and rebellion, not whether they're in Hades, you know, that there's going to be less or more. They're, they're under the full weight and judgment of God right now and never to be eased up, which is torment in and of itself. And then they go, or the final day of judgment, then they go to the lake of fire. Correct. Okay, and then uh, and the, there seems to be some sense of like elemental pieces to this in terms of uh, in that Luke's gospel where he says if you just give me a drip of water for my tongue or something along those lines, um, is that more like figurative language for that piece? Because uh, it seems like there's a heat element there too. That's why that's what the confusion for me comes. No, there's to. there's quite a bit of there's a quite a bit of crossover in the separate in the position of a person separated from God after death. And I, I believe that the drip, draw, the the uh, request for water is reflective. It could be both. It could be it could be imagery. Uh, it could be really strong imagery. But remember, whenever you're reading in the Bible, and, and imagery or symbolism is symbolism is used, the reality of the symbolism is even worse. Yeah. So let's say it's symbolic, or it could be literal. There's a there's a sense of dryness. There's a sense of uh, parched, you know, a parched feeling, a, a sense of, uh, you know, the 
pain of not being able to be, um, not have your your thirst quenched. It's it's misery in its fullest, um, in its fullest extent. And the idea of wanting the uh, their tongue to be cool does have a heat element to it. Uh, and I think that the big distinction between Hades and torments and the lake of fire is the difference between temporary and eternal. And the question then is begs, right? Then it begs the question, well, why? Why have a temporary place? Why can't it just be? And we don't necessarily have the eternal answer, like God's wisdom on that, except that that's how he revealed it. And that's what the Bible says. Awesome. Um, uh, can I squeeze in one more? Of course. Uh, so the lake of fire, um, I know the word um, uh, everlasting sometimes is translated <laughs> like uh, eons or of the age. Um, I can see how Hades is temporary, which would mean like of the age or t- uh, aeon of, of torment. Um the lake of fire has like a, a, a description of an everlasting fire, but the Greek is aeon too, which is like that does uh, uh, insinuate um, a time reference. Um, so, if do you know anything about how that's described? Because there's 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 some grounds for a, a lake of fire being everlasting, but then in other wor- in other cases they use aeon as a t- as a the definitive time point that has a beginning and an end. Maybe really long, but there is a definitive context of beginning and end. Evan, I don't know if you've heard anything about that and how to defend against it, or is it a threat to eternal punishment versus like annihilationism? Or if you can elaborate on that. Well, you you know you're overlapping a few different things there, but the reality of of something being called everlasting, uh, a different word to describe it does not undo that. Doesn't undo the, for example, um, the doesn't undo the absolute. For example, uh, Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God, and yet temporarily took on a human body on Earth. So he had a temporary time on Earth. Does that then? Uh, that his existence was in time on earth in a human body as a servant. Uh, did that take away from his deity? Did he cease to be eternal in that point? And the answer, of course, is no. Uh, it, it was an added element to the the reality of of his eternality. He continued to exist. So when you think of, when I think of, I've never heard this question. I would have never taken annihilationism. Uh, because I would never take an annihilationism toward that this question. It's interesting you tie those together because something that's everlasting can't be annihilated. That's the simple answer to that. And if they go and if I'm looking for a defense and they go, well, you know, in other words, describe to it. Okay, well, let's set that aside and let's just talk about this for a minute. How can something everlasting be annihilated? And and I'm great. I'm grateful that you followed up with a clarification because when I mean when I refer to Hades as temporary, I don't mean that it. it I, when I'm using that word again, having a hard time describing something. The people in Hades are everlasting; they're eternal beings, and the people in Hades are experiencing eternal suffering and torment. And the people in Hades, when Hades is thrown into the lake of fire continue that eternal torment in another spatial place that God has created. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the 
the I didn't necessarily infer that Hades being temporary meant that their suffering was temporary. It was just the location of their suffering is temporary, not the suffering in and of itself. Uh, clarification: um, the if you, if you can, um, uh, maybe one, maybe I'll text in or email in. Um, <clears throat> the word that I'm hung up on is the Greek word that's translated into everlasting, um, which we think everlasting is like obviously forever and ever. Um, whereas the Greek word behind that in other contexts has aeon has of the age or of the ages so which young, scripture is which let's look at the scripture specifically because you, you hit it on the head context is king so words mean different yeah word, the exactly. same word has different meaning depending on the context so which verse are you hung up on um i think the one is like uh, uh everlasting torment um i'm don't forgive me i don't have the uh the scripture right in front of me right now um, right, let's see if uh, i can find it for you yeah Everlasting torment. Let's see here. I don't see anything with those in the New King James. What uh, what version are you looking at? Yeah, New King James is one is a is a everlasting punishment. I think it is in, in uh, Revelation. Okay, let's look at. Um, but uh, or anything. Okay, Matthew twenty five. Yep. Okay, so uh, Matthew twenty five. Okay, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, where to go here? I just had it. Matthew twenty-five forty-six. Okay, it's and then, forty-six. These will, these will go into everlasting punishment. Correct. Um, and then and... the Greek word times everlasting there is Paul uses it in a different context that has a definitive aeon. The word aeon aeon in the Greek has a definitive beginning and end. So the re, the thing I'm chewing on. And again, I don't want to be um, in error of doctrine because that's that's super dangerous. Um, yeah, but I do want to st- study the scriptures. Is that um, the context is for me? Is like, is this a scripture that says Hades is temporal, and then the lake of fire is finite? When he goes to the lake of fi- when they go to the lake of fire, that's when it becomes. No, it's not saying that at all. Finite. No. Um, nope. Because not of at the, all. The, the, translation so let me ask you this let, let's let your so chew on this if you're if if that is if if that becomes the conclusion of the use of that word then you need to be consistent right a person needs to be consistent and when that word um, is used to describe God the exact same word is used to describe God for example, in Romans chapter 16, verse 6, when God is called the everlasting God, are you will you apply the same principle to say, well, uh, if that word is describing God, then he also has a beginning and an end? Because the exact same word, Romans chapter 16, verse 6, is being used. So I think that, uh, and I can't speak for you in particular, but the reality of overthinking this uh, because context is king. And so when Jesus uses this word, uh, Paul uses the same word to describe God in Romans 16, 26, I'm sorry. Um, he uses it again to describe God in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16. Um, uh, it's in the Septuagint to describe God, you know, the Greek translation of the Hebrew in Genesis chapter 21, verse 33. So 
I would say no, your conclusion that lake of fire now, because of a distinctive use of word, the same words used to describe God, so therefore it can also continue of the everlasting punishment in the lake of fire. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Great questions. Thank you. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. And it is good to wrestle with the Scripture, and it is good to chew on things, and it is good... um, it, it's it's very good. You know, the word aeonus is actually the word uh, here in being used in Matthew. Um, speaks of perpetual. It speaks of eternal. It speaks of constant, abiding. It speaks of God. It speaks of the blessedness of the righteous. It also speaks of the punishment of the wicked in Matthew 18.8, in Matthew 25.41, in Mark chapter 3. Those are all teachings of Jesus. It's used again of by Paul in 2 Thessalonians. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction. It's used by the author to the Hebrews in chapter 6, uh, the, uh, the eternal judgment. It's used by Jude uh, in the vengeance of eternal fire, Jude chapter 1, verse 7. And once again in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew, uh, it's used in Daniel chapter 12. Many who sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Good stuff. 303-690-3000. Preston in Aurora, Colorado. Preston, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going today? It's good. What can I do uh, for you? Good. Well, you know, in these times, of, first of all, I hope you're staying safe um, with everything I've I've heard you talk about um, your personal addictions, um, and I just wanted wanted to know. I'm curious because besides the fact of you know saying to to look to look to Jesus um, and to give Him your all, like that's it's so easy yet it's so hard to do. Like, do you have any things that um, in in detail as far as that helped you get? through your addiction, because I truly believe that everyone's addicted to something, just needs to be redirected if if it's something bad. But I would like to know your thoughts on that and how you, um, you know, help overcome that. Well, let's use a Bible word for addiction so that we can be a little bit clearer, all right? Let's use the word bondage, that sin becomes a bondage in our life, and and it's not just merely an addiction to be replaced with another addiction to be replaced with another one. It's bondages. or You don't go from, and the reason I like that word is because you don't go from bondage to bondage. Like when God delivers you from a bondage, you're set free. And that's God's will for you. God's will for you and for me is to be set free from these bondages, from these besetting sins, and and from you know what we would call addiction. I'm not opposed to that word at all. I know it. I, it's an addiction, but uh, the 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 reality is is that God wants to set you free. So let's talk about this for a second because um, what what is it that you're struggling with? Um, it will be marijuana or alcoholism. Okay. Are you high right now? No. Uh, when's the last time you smoked a joint or uh, ate a brownie? Whatever you're doing. Probably a couple days ago. Okay, so why haven't you done it today? Um, I'm just trying to get to a point where I can crucify my flesh every single day, and it's just so hard. 
um, good. You know, I get to the points where I, I, I go through it. I, you know, go. I'm stopping for a period of time, but of course. Um, then it always seems to flood back. Like my my flesh is just kind of overpowering me in a way. It can be. And so so here here is here is uh, here's some language for you to show you that through the power of God in your life for two days, you have been able to choose not to indulge in that addiction. Even though you would probably consider yourself today, you'd probably say, Ed, but I'm addicted. Okay, so now you've just seen that an addicted person for two days doesn't act like an addicted person. Why? Because of the choices that he makes. And it's a very important thing for you to have the right beliefs that will lead you to the right choices. And if you believe that God has delivered you from this addiction, then you will choose to live that way. And I know it sounds pretty simplistic, but it's actually not. It's the most powerful force on the planet Earth, faith and trusting in the God who delivers, trusting in the God. So I've been sober for 29 years, and because of 29 years of of God's abiding presence in our life, even during times of great difficulty and great trial and man, where I, I, where temptations could come like, man, just don't feel this. Don't go there anymore. Um, God has remained strong in my life to avoid uh, going back into those things. It would just ruin me if I did. It would ruin ministry. It would ruin people's lives. I on and on. So, so belief and choice. Those are two important things. A faith in God will lead to different behavior. Um, but, but here's the thing that I want, you know, and it's going to sound silly, but uh, you struggle with these substances, but do you struggle with robbing a bank? <laughs> not at all. That's, uh, no. Not a choice. And there's got to be a reason made. for that. Right? That, do you struggle with is. eating Brussels sprouts? Of course not. <laughs> you, you know, that like you have a lifestyle. And the reason I say these silly examples is, is I want to reveal to you that your life is made up of a series of choices. And as you continue to choose to abide in Christ, you receive the benefit that God promises. If you abide in Christ, he abides in you. And that's no small thing, the power of God abiding in us, the word of God abiding in us. And, And I know that you're probably wrestling and struggling right now, maybe thinking, well, two days isn't that big a deal, but two days is monumental. And then you think, well, I've done this before. Yeah, but before is not now. Like, of course, you, you failed before, but now is before is not now. Like, now yeah. you're sober. Now, so in, those, and, in those moments of weakness where, you know, where you've dealt with, like, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm struggling with this so bad, um, and, you, you, you know, your flesh is just eating at you, just, um, you know, and it may even cause, you know, um, uh, you know, headaches and things like that or things that, you know, get you to go back to that what sure you know what what type of things have you done to help because i've 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 tried you know and it it's probably you know personally my faith is not as big as i think it is but that's you know okay. also that's okay. um just you know those type of things like what in those well, moments let's talk about this. those moments let's talk about this we're going to come up on a break so i'm going to carry this call over but let me let before we go to the break let me ask you this uh, let me paint a picture. Have you played sports? Yeah, yeah. Well, what was your sport that you were sort of good at? Basketball. 
basketball and you did you do did you run i forget what they call but did your coach ever make you run court to, you know line to line you know oh, touch the line run what is that what they're called have you done those yeah yeah did you think you weren't going to do them did you think you weren't going to make it uh at did times, you feel like collapsing and so what did you do uh just you know push through it through up it. Yeah, you just say, hey, coach, forget you. I quit. I hate basketball. It's not worth running line to line. I don't care anymore. I'm just going to go and, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. I don't even know what to say. But you didn't do that. You, you, you and I'm going to give you a word. I'm going to give you a word to chew on during the break. You ready? You experienced what the Bible said, what the Bible calls hupomone. And I'm going to let you chew on that. Don't hang up. But I'm going to help you take that example of basketball and bring it back to real life. My name is Ed Taylor. This is Calvary Live. You hear the music. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. Pastor here at Calvary Church, living in some really unprecedented, unbelievable, upside-down days uh, with the coronavirus, the closures, churches meeting online, uh, not able to gather together, uh, being careful, uh, being uh, people fearful, wrestling with things. But here's a call if you're just joining us on the second half. We're talking to Preston right here in Aurora, Colorado, who's just at a place in his life where he wants to walk in victory once and for all over the addictions that he has to substances like pot and uh, alcohol. So, Preston, welcome back. I left you you with a word. Have you ever heard of hoopamone before? Hoopamone? No, I have not. (laughs) It's a Greek word. And it's a Greek word that's used many times in the New Testament. It's usually translated persevere. Mm. And the picture of that Greek word is that you're able and I'm able to bear up under the load or the weight of a situation. And that, as a matter of fact, another word, another way that it's translated in the New Testament is the word endurance. Yeah. And this and and actually we're when we were studying in uh, let me look it up for you. This this is God's word. This is really the whole answer to your question. Um I'm panning I'm I'm point I'm planting, excuse me, a lot of of seeds in your mind that God can use to help you remember his strength in you, his abiding presence in you, that it doesn't depend on you. It doesn't even really depend on your choices as much as it does to depend upon your uh let me look it up here. Uh, I just taught on this, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. And this is God's answer to your question. For you, Preston, have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. And again, I've just reminded you of a time years ago when you were doing those suicides and you were running line to line, then you had, and I think in football they're called two a days or three a days, where it's hot, it's hard. You're in pads, you're run, and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't think I can do this anymore. You, you, 
something and and another you know i got a brother in the church scott who runs marathons and when he runs marathons he gets to the place where it's called he hits the wall and he wants to quit and, and it's just over and it's in these times where we have that need of endurance but that need of endurance isn't like our choice like i haven't spent 29 years going okay i've got to do it today okay i've got to do it today but rather i've spent 29 years saying god thank you for delivering me Thank you for delivering me, and right. and you know the 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 problem is 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 that your body is is you you have made up a spiritual mind, but your body doesn't agree with you, and so the way your body doesn't agree with you is it gives you these um, what do they call them? Uh, they give you these withdrawal symptoms, and you're all jacked up, and you're all man, you're you're messed up, and you're hurting, and you're desperate, and and then what do you do to get rid of those feelings? You go right back to your comfort. You go right back to your sin. You go right back to the thing that God's delivered you from. And then you wonder, why do I keep going back? Because you're not allowing your body, you're not allowing it to get out of your body and just pay the price, man, and endure it and just get through it. And it's like, yeah, it's hard right now. And if you have to go to a facility where they take care of you, then go. But do whatever it takes because you're on the pathway of walking in freedom. You are on the pathway you just need endurance from the Lord, and He's given it to you. Yeah, man. And the thing is, like, like you brought up bondage, it's just it feels like because I I do continuously um, search for God. I, I serve His people. I feed the homeless. I do all Good. of these things, but it just feels like as I'm running, it feels like I'm being pulled back. Like I'm not, of course, running as fast as I should be to Him. Well, no, think I'm about not. this though. None of that stuff, none of that, none of that matters to our discussion. Helping, serving, because God doesn't really look at Preston by what you've done for him. God looks right. at Preston because he loves you and he sent his son Jesus Christ for you. And all the power you need to, to be delivered from addiction is already yours. And you, I hear it because we all deal with this. So it's not just you. You know, people listening in, this answer is for them too. But I hear you say, I feel like, and that can be an overwhelming sense, like I feel like, but but like you, you can feel something and actually it not be true, right? Like I could say, I could say right now, Preston just told me, I feel like a millionaire. Well, are you one? <laughs> You're not. So you have to dismiss the feelings by the facts. Yeah. And the fact is, is that God loves you. And the fact is, is that God is for you. And the fact is, is that you are, uh, check this out. You are already free from this addiction. It has already taken place. The problem is you just refuse to cooperate with it. I receive it. I receive it. So let me ask you another question. This is going to be a hard one. Can I ask you a hard question? Sure. Do you got any pot in the house right now? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to get rid of it. You've got to you've got to make the right decisions. You 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 have to make it harder for you. I know you can go down to the street and go to the dispensary. I know that. But you've got to make it harder for you, not easier. And and you got alcohol in the house, you've got to get rid of it. You gotta flush it down the toilet right now. You gotta make it harder for you. You gotta make it challenge so that like man, tonight you're just like, Oh, I had that phone call and I felt so good, but now I feel so bad. And and then I already know where my stash is. You know, there is no stash in the house. Right. And, and now it, you have for a, me, I've 
I've been down this path. Um, I've actually tried to quit uh, probably over 30, 40 times, and I've been to the path where I've, you know, made sure it was super hard to get to. I didn't have it anywhere, and it's like my my flesh just turned a switch and was like, I'll do whatever I need to do to get it. It would be like, you know, I, I'd be going good for about four or five days, and, and that moment of weakness is yes. it, it's that moment, that choice that you're referring to is – it, uh, it just eats me up, and and I'm just trying well, to work on. Guess I need to get back to you know fasting and praying because my my spirit is it does it does like Paul says you know yes. <laughs> the things that I want to do I don't do the things I don't want to do I do it's like I'm fighting against my flesh and it feels like my flesh is stronger than me. It can be at times, you know, and I I know I'm staying on a more positive note. Um, definitely not minimizing the reality of the battle between the flesh and the spirit, but your head's all jacked up because you, you keep, you're, you're not, it's not just the addiction, like you're clean and sober right now, but you're talking like an addict. You're talking like a defeated person. You're talking, but you're actually in victory right now. Do you see how twisted your mind is? You are in victory right now. You are sober right now. You are looking for help right now. You are abiding in Christ right now. And you're living like the failure you had last week or last year. And right now you're not a failure. And moment by moment, you'll live in an abiding relationship. A day will become a week. And a week will become a month. And a month will become a year. And a year will be like me. I'm 29 years. And then even if today, if I failed, and even if I lost everything, I lost pastoring because I decided I wanted to go get drunk and disobey God, even if I lost it all, it hasn't changed who I am in Christ. Yeah. And I want to I want to avoid the reason I don't wrestle with robbing a bank is because I don't want to go to prison. I know I should have a noble I don't want I want to please the Lord. Well, I do want to please the Lord, but I also don't want to go to prison. So I'm not going to steal. And I'm not going to I want to honor God. He's my savior, but I also realize that there's pain and consequences in life. So part of why I avoid sin is not just to please God, but I avoid sin because I know God warned me it's going to destroy my life. And yeah. I, I know this is, is, is challenging for you, but like you've got to get rid of that stuff and just keep celebrating instead of, I know I've done this before. Me too. I could say that in this phone call too. I've done this before. My pattern was I would drink and party and my my wife and I and my girlfriend for that matter would argue and, and we'd be all upset and she'd kick me out of the house and uh, then I'd go out, I'd party, then I'd get in trouble, then I'd go to jail, then I'd say, oh, what an idiot I am. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop partying. I want to be a good man. And then I'd go home. I'd beg her to take me back in. I'd beg her to keep me. I'd say, oh, please, please, please. I'm stupid. I can't believe I did this. And she would let me back in. And then we'd be going good for about a month or so. And guess what? Once I got comfortable again, I'd start doing the whole thing. But what changed was I was transformed. I was born again. And God opened my eyes to the reality. I need to see things through the eyes of Christ, not right. the old Ed. So I could tell you too, Preston, I've struggled with it too. And you're like, really, Ed? And I would say, yeah, 29 years ago. <laughs> but I'm not living in that today. I'm living in victory today. 
Yeah, that kinda... That's where you're headed. You're two days into it, man. You're in victory right now, bro. I don't, I don't care what you tried before. Before is over. We're looking forward. Man, I appreciate that. It's uh, that's a new, it's a new uh, perspective for me. You know, to, you know, to to already claim the victory and continue to um, proclaim that and then um, walk in victory. And mm-hmm. I just, um, I'm not, I'm not gonna get in that negative mindset again. I'm gonna, you know, push, and push and it, see. It, it, you already. Face. Preston, you already live like this. This isn't new for you. Um, I know it's new in this conversation, but I'm telling you, you already have it in you. Like, for example, you're probably in your house right now, and your house has an address. Let's just say it's 123 Main Street. You you are in 123 Main Street. You didn't go to 125. You didn't go into the house across the street. You, You went to the house that you knew was yours, and you live there, and you eat there, and you hang out there, and you make phone calls there. You don't do it across the street. Why? Because not only do you know that's where you live, you believe that's where you live. And because of what you know and what you believe, you act. That's good. That's good. And you, you and I already live that way. What happens, though, is these besetting sins. And, and you know, we're not going to minimize the power of the substances and alcohol the power of the substances in marijuana or any of the heavier drugs that are out there, the addictive qualities of it physiologically are very real. I'm not minimizing that at all. But what I'm, but we got to get our eyes off the drugs. We got to get our eyes off the alcohol and get our eyes on the power of God because he's greater than the addictive properties in anything for anyone listening to me right now that's born again. And that's my story, the power of God in my life. Not not my power to stay sober, but God's power to keep me sober. That's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for my brother as he is coming into a new reality in his thinking, uh, beginning to live. I, I want to celebrate right now publicly these two days of sobriety. I want to celebrate the power you've given him to stay sober and say no for two days. And I know there are challenging battles ahead for him. The warfare is real. His spirit is willing, but his flesh is weak. Yes, yes, yes. But God, your strength is greater than our flesh. And we're grateful to learn to live, believing and acting upon what you've told us in your word. So help my brother as he's reading the Bible. Help my brother as he's praying. And continue to use him in great ways in his community, serving you honoring you by loving and serving others in Jesus name. Amen. Appreciate it. All right, man. Bye-bye. Oh boy. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. I get excited about this because Preston is me 29 years ago. And I really, as an unbeliever, even, I mean, he's as a believer as an unbeliever, I really did truly, truly, truly want to change, but lacked the ability. And God matched my desire with not a program, not a series of steps, but with himself. I've got an exciting message this weekend that speaks a little bit to this. Uh, but you got to be there. 
And you go, Ed, but we can't be there. I know. That's why you got to go online, calvaryco.church. And we're going to broadcast all of our services live this weekend. We are honoring uh, our authorities that have asked us to stay at home, praying for a quick resolution to this. I know it seems impossible, but with all God, all things are possible. And so for the next many weeks, we have online services scheduled with the bare minimum amount of people allowed in our building to put these things together that have been working feverishly in all kinds of projects. I'm just so grateful to serve alongside of them. But I am going to be teaching a Bible study on the goodness of God. Man, so good. So good. So you got to be with us. Uh, Calvary CO. CO stands for Colorado. Uh, we want to we uh, start satellite campuses again. So calvaryco.church. Our main campus right now is in Aurora. We have an online campus. And we're praying for what God has in the future. Um, but until then, join us. 6 p.m. Saturday night. 8.45 and 10.45 Sunday morning. Topic this weekend is the goodness of God. 303-690-3000. Uh, back to Pennsylvania. Ezekiel, welcome yeah. to the program. You're on the air. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to know, because you know what the Bible said in book of John 18, 9, that uh, those who the Father has given me, I cannot lose them. And it, the Bible also says, for God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes. So my question is, if a Christian have eternal life, will, is it possible for a Christian to lose that at all? No. So what if he or she draws back from the faith? That's a very dangerous choice to make. And that person's going to find out one of two things. They're going to find out, number one, if they're a true believer or not. Because not everybody that says they're a believer is a true believer. And John describes a group of people in First John that walked away from the faith. And he says they were never of us. And, they, and then you say, why? Because they walked away. So number one, they're going to find out if they're a true believer or not. And number two, if they're a believer, they're going to meet the chastening hand of God. Are you familiar with the chastening hand of God? Uh, no, I don't know what that is. Chastening is, is a word that's used to bring about consequence and training. Uh, the idea is given to us in Hebrews that because a dad loves his son, he chastens or he disciplines them. And so for a believer to walk away from the faith is going to face the discipline of God and the consequences of their sin. And I believe every true believer that has ever walked away from God will return because we've given, we're given that example by Jesus himself when he gives us the, uh, true, the, the parable of the prodigal son. He went away for a while and he returned, but when he went away, did he ever stop being a son? Never. He was always a son even though he was a bad behavior son. So that's what I think happens to a person that turns their back on the faith. They're going to find out one of two things. That believer would definitely come back. Either believe in Christ. I believe they'll come back. Yep. 
That's the whole purpose of being disciplined. God is going to discipline them through the consequences of their sinful actions to bring them to a place of repentance and confession and return. Remember Jesus spoke to the church in, in, the, in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, and he says, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Now, therefore, remember from where you have fallen, repent and repeat the first works. And so believers sometimes wander away, and Jesus tells them, remember, repent, and repeat. Hmm. Okay, okay. All right, I got it now. Very right, exciting. Great question. Thanks for calling, Ezekiel. God bless you guys in Pennsylvania. All right, bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Mike in Eaton, Colorado. Mike, welcome to the program. Fred, how are you? Um, thank you for all you do. Um, I got a quick question for you. Um, so like how in the Bible it says, Jesus says, I knew all the plans I had be- of you before, when you were even in your mother's womb or however that sure. thing goes. So, and I was listening to one of your sermons this morning and it brought up something that me and my wife have discussed before. How? Um, okay, great. What is it? The sermon you had this morning said that um, how God knows everything. And there's a group he of does? people out there that disagree with that or whatever, but I don't disagree with that. I agree God knows everything. But sure. I have a question. Is there a possibility that God, being the great God he is, he could choose not to know since he gives us free will? Like, he, God wouldn't—I mean, I just have a hard time believing that God says, I'm going to um, gonna put this guy, Bill, on earth, and he's going to become a murderer. That's a that's so so are you saying are you are you asking what are you asking exactly? So let me is, let me is, it, is there a possibility that asking. God doesn't know everything because he chooses not to know? No, I don't believe that's a possibility. Okay. So let's answer this question. The let's answer the question apart from the difficulties. Um and and it, our answer will get us to difficulties, but whenever we face these logical uh conundrums, if you will, let's go back and remember the only way that we can answer these questions is what God has revealed of himself. And what he's revealed in himself is very clearly that he knows all things, that he has foreknowledge, that there's nothing that's known or could be known for all of eternity uh, that God doesn't know. And, and so he doesn't have gaps in his knowledge. He's not surprised by anything. He's not shaken by anything, including Bill, who becomes a murderer. He doesn't. He, he, that's not a surprise to him. The question then that leads to, well, if God knew he's going to murder her, why wouldn't he just not create him to begin with? And that, 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 that question asks with a presupposition that that's the order of creation. And it's not the order of creation. The order of creation is that God created people, two people, in perfect unity and relationship with him, that because of of their failure, their sin against God, all the rest of humanity that's created by man uh, is also born into sin with a free will to choose God and not choose God. And, you know, as much as you and I would want to prevent murder as much as we could um, in, in our own personal life, uh, in our own, the, the, or, or let's just say a person killing, you know, because there's even distinctions of taking another life, uh, as much as we would want to prevent that or even try to prevent that, or even in our thought process, you know, because the question kind of gets asked this way, if I was God, this is how I would be. I wouldn't create Bill at all. 
Um, but then that defies, that thought process defies how God's revealed himself. God's revealed himself as a person that allows men to choose yes or no, uh, righteousness or unrighteousness, life or death. And because he allows that, you know, there is a broader picture than even Bill. We, didn't, we don't know about Bill's sister. We don't know about Bill's cousin. We don't know about Bill's childhood. Like, like to, to isolate Bill as a murderer um, and say, well, because he's going to murder, I'm going to remove him from the planet before he's even existed, um, is creating, you know, from a human perspective, creating massive chaos. No, instead, God has created an environment where murder is a possibility, but so is eternal life. And to take away that possibility and that absolute freedom would then take away the order that God has created and allowed us to make our own free will choices and our own free will decisions. Because the wages of sin is death, not the yeah. wages of murder. True. And so we have to get we have to approach these questions from what God has revealed, not necessarily how we would operate the universe if we were God. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But don't we do that? Like, it's not unusual. Um, you know, like, let me give you another example of what that sounds like. You're like, um, I, don't, um, I, don't, I don't want to accept the forgiveness of God in my life, and I just don't do it. Let's just say there's somebody listening right now that says, yeah, I'm so bad, and I've done so many bad things that I know God could forgive me, but I, I just won't. Well, that's another way of saying this. I have sinned so bad, and I feel like I've done the worst of the worst, that if I was God, I wouldn't forgive myself. And see what a great barrier that is from accepting the unconditional love of God, that he does know already what you've done, and he loves you even in your worst condition so that he would send his son Jesus Christ, and the blood of Jesus Christ would even cover that. Okay. Okay, so the answer mainly is because of what God's told us in the Bible, that he can't choose not to know, because he does know. Well, Basically. also, the, it's uh, number yeah, he, correct. So and then people go, well, wait a minute, um, how can God, I thought everything's possible with God. Yeah, but but everything that's a, a true possibility, right? So the question is, in a silly way, can God create a rock so big that he can't move it? No, that's not possible. That's not, that's not even probable. That's foolishness. So God doesn't get in the realm of foolishness. Uh, he's so sovereign and knowledgeable, he wouldn't create a rock that he can't move. That's not possible. Exactly. Like, so the idea of possibility has to be in the realm of reality, not... Um, not uh, what's the word um, uh, when you're making things up, like just to make them up. Um, yeah, I know what you. What's the word? Doggone it! I can't think of it. Um, <laughs> I can't either. Hypotheticals. You know, he lives yeah, in the realm of reality, not hypothetical. And how do we learn reality from his word? Yeah. Well, bummer. I lost so, that argument with my wife, but that's all right. So let me ask Glad you this. Let me ask you me. one more. Let me ask you a question on the human level, sure. right? Because we're not God, and we don't know everything. Um, right? Yep. So I'm going to tell you something right now. My name is Ed. So let me ask you, what's my name? Ed. Mike, can you choose not to know my name? No, not now. Correct. And you're not anywhere near uh, the level of knowledge of God. 
but you've been created in his image. Now you could say, yeah, Ed, I can choose not to know your name right now, but my head's, my name's spinning around in your head. So yeah. you really don't, you really are not erasing that knowledge. It's permanent. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's not forgetfulness. What you're asking is, can, can you erase a sliver of the knowledge of God? And if you do, if it was capable for, for, for someone to erase a sliver of knowledge of God, he would no longer be the God he revealed himself to be. He would be God little g, not God big g. Yeah, I agree. There you go. Well, cool. Thank you very much, brother. That's a great question. Never heard it before. And your (laughs) wife is always right. Just remember that. It'll be good for your marriage. Right, I agree. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, well, thank you again so (laughs) much for all you do. All right, bye-bye. Hey, I'm grateful for you guys tuning in. I know we're in crisis times right now and difficult, but it's good to talk about the Bible. It's good to talk about these things. We don't always have to talk about crisis. Uh, It's hard. My heart goes out with you. Uh, We here at Calvary Church love you. Um, Miss the fellowship. Miss the gathering together of the saints physically, but we're gathering together online. Hey, stay in touch with us. Go to our new website, brand new. We just launched it. Uh, We decided to launch it in the midst of this crisis calvaryco.church calvaryco.church get our app it's free go to your app store put in the name ed taylor that's the easiest way to find it the app will pop up download it turn on notifications uh we assure you we will not slam you with notifications all day um you know one at least a day sometimes two if there's an emergency sometimes three but we just want to communicate with you put good resources in your hand uh, we want to express our love, our appreciation. Grace FM has an app too, but they're all together. We're all one big happy family. Love you guys. Look forward to joining together online. Pray for us as we pray for you. Have a great night in the Lord. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.